This podcast is sponsored by Murex. Murex has devoted 30 years to the design, implementation, and evolution of integrated trading, risk management, processing, and post-trade solutions, leading to MX3, its third-generation platform. Driven by innovation and client partnership, Murex continues to play a lead role in capital markets, and more than 40,000 users around the globe rely every day on our platform for their trading, hedging, funding, risk management, or processing operations. Murex, the technology partner of your transformation. To find out more, please visit murex.com. Hello, and welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. So the UK voting to leave the European Union is very big news for the UK, Europe, and the world, as well as the financial services sector. In the coming podcast, we will be talking about how Brexit might impact various areas of the financial industry and affect also ongoing trends. And in this particular podcast, we are talking about recruitment and staffing. Although Brexit will alter the face of recruitment in the derivatives industry, changes were already afoot thanks to a steady stream of regulation, according to Nathan Fuller, Managing Director of Kite. So not only were new roles being created, but the skill sets and the way that people worked were also shifting or have been shifting. While uncertainty will prevail for the short term, in this podcast, we speak to Nathan Fuller about the variety of post-Brexit opportunities for those wanting to work in the market's infrastructure arena. Here is DerivSource reporter Lynn Strong and Dodds speaking to Nathan Fuller of Kite. Hi, this is Lynn Strong and Dodds of DerivSource. We are here today with Nathan Fuller, Managing Director of Kite. Nathan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we begin the questions? Sure, thank you, and uh, thanks for inviting me on. So, my name is Nathan. I'm Managing Director of Kite Consulting Group. We have, for approaching five years now, worked closely with London's financial market infrastructure community, providing recruitment services. So to expand on that a little, that would primarily be the exchanges, the clearing houses, the settlement firms, and also some of the post-trade reporting businesses. I have read that your company focuses on IT, risk and compliance, change in operations, contract and permanent hires in market infrastructure and trade processing, as you said. Why have you specifically focused on these areas? Actually, that's quite an interesting question. In some business ventures I've looked at in the past and in many business ventures that you'll hear about, there is a deep strategy of thought from the business in question as to why they've chosen a particular area to operate in. In our case, we did it somewhat the old-fashioned way. We asked our customers, and the question that we asked them was, which areas of their business did they see the greatest need for top performers? So not just for volume of hires, but where was there a business critical need to make sure that they hired only the best people in the market? And the areas that they mentioned, as you've just said, were in technology, in risk compliance and regulation, in change management, and also in operations. So we chose to not recruit in some areas, so that we could focus on the areas where there was a greater need for top performance. What impact 
do you think leaving the EU will have on your area of the job market? And if so, can you please explain the impact on different areas, such as operations, versus compliance, etc.? Will there be any differences? Well, I think, first of all, it's too early to provide any really detailed response on this. I think we need the government to give us some clarity around timings and around the roadmaps that they're putting in place and some more detail as to uh, the framework that they see taking place in the future. I think at the moment, the biggest impact is uncertainty. And the job market, just like any other market, craves clarity and craves reassurance. And at the moment, as in any other market in London, we simply don't have that. That said, we are seeing plenty of activity at the moment. There is little sign of any significant slowdown in, in hiring across our market at the moment. I think it's also worth mentioning that change can be painful, particularly in the financial markets. But change also does create work. There will be great need for regulatory change professionals and for organizational design change management professionals over the next couple of years. Regardless of what the future looks like, it still needs to be shaped. There's also a possibility, depending on the Bank of England's decision around our regulatory positioning, there could be some significant work to deliver in regulatory change and, and policy development there. So it's not all roses, but it is very, very clear that no matter what happens, there will be a need for, for talent and for specialists to help carve out the, the future of London. In light of the Brexit, what advice would you give possible candidates working in finance and in OTC derivatives? And are there any areas where there are greater opportunities? I don't think there's enough information yet to give any Brexit-specific career advice. However, I always recommend to anyone looking for a job, remain diligent in your decision to either leave or, or join a company. And make sure that when you join a business, you're not simply joining because of the, the company, the brand, or even the, uh, the business's position in the market. But I would actually base your decision on the, the capability, the integrity, and the track record of the individuals you'll be directly working with. And the, the one consistent we can see in financial markets over the last 20 or 30 years is that it is the firms with the highest caliber people that, uh, that win and that survive difficult times. Now, in, in kites, we refer to these people as A players, but call them what you will. Seek out the best company in your market. Get yourself on that team, and you'll be as best positioned as is possible. And most importantly, make every decision from a position of clarity. There's no need for knee-jerk reactions at the moment. Let's pause and watch and think carefully about our market and our careers. To go on to your second point as to where there may be particular opportunity coming up, we don't know for sure, but, but I think it's fair to say that really over the last six or seven years, globally, but also particularly in London, we've been rebuilding the infrastructure and the framework around our financial markets. And a lot of that has been to do with organizational design. A lot of it has been to do with regulation and regulatory reporting and data management. And that job is ongoing. It, it hasn't finished yet. So there has been an awful lot of opportunity in project management, in business analysis, in technology, and also in compliance and regulation. 
And I think in a post-Brexit world, that need, that requirement for people in those particular areas will only increase because the job of change, the job of restructuring our market will become even bigger. So for people who are already in that space, there could well be some work there. I'm not sure that I would recommend that anybody shifts careers at this point in order to try and best position themselves. I would say, as I said a moment ago, take what you're really good at, look at what you're best at, identify the best people in your market and position yourself with them. I wouldn't make any drastic 180s to try and position yourself in, in one field or another at the moment. There simply isn't enough data to make the decision. And frankly, I'm not sure that's always the best move anyway. And how will Brexit impact your business? Unfortunately, my crystal ball is broken. But like all London businesses, we're, we're watching the market closely. And our job as a recruitment business is to support our customers with the talent that they need to grow their business, regardless of what circumstance or situation they find themselves in. I think we're quite fortunate at Kite and quite well positioned in the having specialized in financial market infrastructure and the, the OTC and post-trade space for, for such a long time, we're used to a market that has a, a moving target. There's been an awful lot of change the last half decade in particular. There's been lots of mergers, a huge amount of moving targets when it comes to regulation and regulatory reporting. And we've been very much plugged into that. And there's been, I think it's fair to say, there's been very little business as usual in financial market infrastructure over recent years. And we're very well placed to react from a recruitment perspective in that market, not least because when times are uncertain, this is when you need the best possible talent and uh, the highest performance. Looking at regulation more carefully, how has it changed the way companies recruit people in your field? And which regulation has had the most impact? Interestingly, I don't think it was one particular regulation that changed the way that we recruit and regard regulation in the space, although I do think that's happened. I think the biggest impact on regulatory hiring actually was the economic crisis itself rather than any, any specific regulation. And this led really to a global recognition of the importance of getting compliance and regulation right and not seeing it as simply a, a box ticking exercise, but actually realizing that these departments and these functions are a significant part of your identity as a business. I think probably the first wide-scale regulation that came about while the markets had this mindset would be Basel II, simply because the greater part of it was implemented 2008 to 2010. In terms of our market over the recent years, probably the biggest talent war was EMEA over the last few years, and that's now moving into MIFID II and MIFIA and the other various uh, transaction reporting and, and trade reporting businesses and requirements that are coming up. So then there's an awful lot of opportunity in that space as a result. In terms of hiring, when would a company choose a contractor, say, over a permanent member of staff? Well, that's a great question. Lots of reasons. And fundamentally, you hire contractors and permanent staff for entirely different reasons. If we look at them both, a permanent candidate, you're, you're hiring a long-term investment. You're hiring someone that can grow, someone that can 
share or possibly lead your vision. Someone who can build your business or your team with you. So you're not just hiring people based on what they know today or what they've done in the past, although that will probably be one of the ingredients. You're also hiring a person on their potential and based on the person they can become in the future. Now that's perm. Contract is very different. Contract traditionally, you hire a contractor to solve a problem or to meet an urgent requirement. In contracting, your primary reason for hiring is skills and experience. It's bringing an immediate solution to the table. So getting the right person is still of huge importance, but you're less concerned with where they'll be in five years' time. And to a certain extent, you're less concerned with whether or not they buy into your company vision. What you're really concerned with is how well they can interact with stakeholders and the other people in your team today and tomorrow, and how well they understand the problem that you're facing or the solution that, that you require. So they're just two very, very different reasons for hiring. And we often spot that there can be really significant differences in permanent career candidates. And I think it is fair to say contract career candidates, of which there certainly is a market. In general, though, what skills do people need today in your area? In general, I would say probably the greatest skill being asked for on the market would be around regulatory change and organizational design. So helping with business change, such as mergers and acquisitions and process efficiency, and also helping with regulatory change, such as keeping up to speed with the reporting requirements of uh, the Bank of England and the FCA, and making sure, particularly in FMI, because let's remember that the businesses in financial market infrastructure aren't simply following the rules the way that some other members of the financial markets may do. They are providing the safety net that the markets need in order to do their jobs. So for a clearinghouse or for a settlement firm or for a post-trade business, hiring their regulatory compliance staff isn't just about getting someone who's good enough to avoid a fine or to keep the business moving. It's about employing someone who's part of a team that keeps the global financial markets afloat. And the accountability that comes with that is significant. So regulation will always be hot. Change management will always be important, without a doubt. But ultimately, when you're running businesses in FMI, you need to get every bit right. It all has to work. You cannot prioritize one role over another. In this changing landscape, then, what new roles have been created, i.e., there's a lot of talk about, to your point, change professionals, as well as the data scientist? The data scientist is a great example. There's also a lot of work in big data and how you can utilize that in reporting functions. I think there's probably three clear examples over the last few years. One of them, which is now widely recognized, is the shift in compliance away from a horizontal model, so generalist compliance individuals who fulfill a multitude of tasks, to what I would probably refer to as a vertical model, where increasingly there are compliance professionals who specialize very clearly in particular segments of their market. Secondly, we've seen a significant increase in the focus on IT security and information security over the past five years. This, again, is actually starting to turn into an area where a specific vertical, such as, for example, vulnerability management, 
can become a field in its own right. And this is a common theme as an area becomes more and more critical or as it becomes uh, more and more under threat, it will get broken down into specific niche specialisms to make sure that it's working correctly. In software development, there's the increasing popularity of DevOps, a, a test-driven software development model that aims to link the business and the software developers more coherently to produce better releases. And there's also potential things of the future, such as blockchain, that may or may not be the technology of tomorrow. And we watch them with great interest to see what will happen. Well, thank you very much for your thoughts. They've been very insightful. A pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this DerivSource podcast. We will be covering Brexit this summer, so if you want us to cover a specific angle or, or topic, please get in touch with us at editor at derivsource.com. You can also find more information on this podcast, including the transcript in our show notes page available on derivsource.com. Thank you for tuning in. Join us next time. <laughs>